What's up, guys? Welcome to the R Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Gage Rozier, and today we're going to do a podcast on a term called long-term athletic development. And this is a really cool topic, and it's very expansive. And by no means am I going to be able to cover all the, I guess, details that the long-term athletic development model entails in this podcast, but I do want to give an overview of it and maybe give out some resources for any parents, athletes, coaches, uh, really anybody who's interested in um, maybe have a young athlete in their life, whether it's their son or daughter or niece or nephew, whatever it might be, um, interested in their athletic development there's an actual model to this. And the reason why I'm covering this is because I think there, well, I know there is, there's a lot of research out there um, in today's modern kind of youth development scene. It's kind of scary. There's an emphasis put on competition and over-specialization, which just to be frank is getting a lot of kids hurt. Uh, for example, there's stories out of certain areas of the country. Uh, baseball is a very common one. Um, kids that are playing baseball essentially year-round, as young as you know, six, seven, eight years old, because their parents think that's what's going to get them to the MLB is playing 90 games a year. And there's even kids getting Tommy John surgery before they don't have Tommy John surgery is when a, a pitcher basically tear or anybody tears their UCL, which is a ligament in their elbow. And there are people out there who have their kids get Tommy John surgery without even needing it because they know at some point they will for how much they're playing just to make that ligament stronger. Can you imagine having, (laughs) I'm a parent. I I can't imagine making my kid do a surgery that doesn't, doesn't, that's perfectly fine because I am making him or the kid probably wants to, I'd hope, um, play 90 games a year. Um, so we think we're going to put an artificial ligament in his body to make him stronger. That's just a, it's an extreme example, but it's a true example. And it's a problem of over-specialization and thinking that that's what gets athletes to the top level is just focusing on one single sport. And there's a time and place for that throughout a athlete's development, as we'll talk about through these stages that I'm going to break down. Uh, but it's very uh, late in that uh, stage of long-term athletic development. Another problem is just the monetization of youth sports. So there's a lot of, um, you know, if your kid's team says elite on it or something like that, um, you know, you're on a fifth grade basketball team and you're on the elite division. Um, your kid could be elite. Your kid could be the elite fifth grader. Uh, does that mean he's going to be elite in high school? No, maybe. Yes. No, probably not. Maybe. Does, you don't know. He's elite, saying quote unquote, at fifth grade, and he's the best of all the fifth graders. So that's an excuse for coaches and clubs and stuff like that to now charge you, the parent, probably more money to go to these special camps uh, to charge you more money because you're on the elite team. Again, there's a time and place for that along this model in my opinion, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade is probably not that time. Um, But 
those are my opinions. And um, they're my opinions that go, why? Because they go along this long-term athletic development. So what I'm gonna do here is I'm actually gonna post this video on YouTube. So I'm recording this and I've got a screen share up of a document that's called Long-Term Athletic Development. And this is actually from Athletics Canada. Um, a really good resource on just these, and this developmental model is a kind of a structure that a lot of coaches go off of. And just real quickly, for me personally, in my journey as a coach, I've spent a good bulk of my coaching career working with college athletes. So athletes that are kind of in the later stages of this athletic development. So that's why I've kind of been, I've always known of longer term athletic development, even when I was just exclusively training college athletes. Because preface this conversation by saying that chronologic, chronological age does not necessarily equate what we call a training age. So a training age essentially is someone's um, age in training. So how long they've been training, how uh, advanced they are, how mature they are in training, in strength conditioning, and those type of things. Not necessarily, so chronological age is not necessarily equal training age. So for example, if you're a 35-year-old who has never looked at a barbell before, your training age is zero, or I'd probably call you like a preschooler in the weight room or an elementary kid. Or you might have a 12 or 13-year-old who has started, a 12 or 13-year-old is training, just starting as well. They're also a, zero, a preschooler or elementary-aged kid training age-wise. So it doesn't necessarily mean chronological age, especially as you get in athletic development. We'll talk age brackets here a lot in these stages, but these are just general generalizations to an extent. So just because your kid's in high school doesn't mean he's going to be more advanced than the middle schooler if he's never done anything before. I think that's a misunderstanding is even with our R-Strong stuff a little bit, um, you know, we got things broken down between middle school and high school. Um, and we do that to generalize. But we may get a high schooler that is very advanced or we may get a high schooler has not done anything strength conditioning athletic before in their life. Okay. Just because he's a high schooler, the untrained zero young training age high schooler as a coach, I'm not going to have them do the exact same thing as the kid who might be the same chronological age, but has a much higher training age than they do on the opposite of that same thing with a middle schooler. Just because he's in middle school, he or she in middle school doesn't mean they typically need these certain things or typically a young training age. But for whatever reason, a kid might be super athletic, might gain things super quickly, might be able to progress, progress quickly. Doesn't mean they have to be doing the same thing as those who have a lower training age. And training age doesn't mean you have to a year. I mean, you can advance through these stages from a training standpoint, training progressions quicker than others. All right, let's get into this model on the long-term development stages. And we're gonna go through the first few pretty quick uh, because they are the very young ones. And I'm gonna focus mostly on kind of the middle school, high school age bracket ages. All right, so stage one is the, if you're watching online, you can see there's a lot of really good information here. So I'm gonna share this. I've actually already shared in our private, um, our strong Facebook group for all of our members. Um, but our nine stages include an active start, number one, number two, fun, mental number three learning to train stage four training to train stage five is learning to compete stage six is training to compete 
Seven is learning to win. Eight is winning for a living. Nine is active for life. Okay, all right. There's some traits and stuff that they talk about in this resource. Um, stage one, active start stage. Chronicle, chronological age is generally from zero to six years old. The objective is to make it play, make play and physical activity fun and exciting and an essential component of daily routine throughout life. I'm not going to spend much time on that. Essentially, kids should be playing. Everybody knows that. Stage two is the fundamental stage, ages six through nine and female for males, six through eight for females, kind of splitting hairs there a little bit. So this is the time to start, begin teaching agility, balance, coordination, um, which in speed, which is like, uh, they call it the ABCs of athletic development is agility, balance, and coordination. But it should all still be done in the importance of daily play and physical activity. So this is where um, is actually the first window of trainability of speed development. Is in, is in girls ages six to eight, boys seven to nine. This is why it's extremely important for kids to be active. As young as six to eight, my niece just turned seven. She's in this window. She's in the first window of trainability for speed development. And it should focus on agility, quickness, segmental speed in a multi-directional manner with movements lasting less than five seconds. Okay, I'm reading right out, out of this resource here. So what that means is it should be game-based. So I'm not going to take a six-year-old and train them like a, like a train a college athlete where we have the super structured program. All right, kids, we're going to do four forties today with two and a half minutes room between in between. We're going to do all this correctional movement. No, it needs to be game-based, you know, so this is, they should be doing relays and dodgeball and kickball and playing sports and, but making sure that they're, Get them to run max speed in some way. Have them chase you. Chase the dog. Do those things, okay? This is a great window of trainability for speed development is in the six to eight, seven to nine for boys, six to eight for girls, where they need to be active. And in some way, you can do some things as far as, far as like um, start teaching them squat patterns and push-ups, body weight exercises. You don't necessarily have to load with external loading. You can I've done a quick Q&A on this before. If they are done right and very, very low progression, but medicine ball work, uh, whole, weight, whole body weight exercise like squats, push-ups, lunges, teaching those patterns is a great time to start this as early as six years old. All right. Stage three is learning to train stage. This is fundamentals two. So this is men or males, nine to 12, females, eight to 11. So objectives of this stage is to continue to enhance the ABCs, agility, balance, coordination, to develop overall sports skills, begin to integrate physical, mental, cognitive, and emotional components with any well-structured program to develop physical literacy. Okay, so this is, this is essentially our foundation program for R-Strong. Our R-Strong foundation, athletic foundation program is we called our middle school program, but again, go back to chronological age because typically middle schoolers fall into this learning to train stage. Okay. They need to, they're just learning the basics of training, learning these patterns. Okay. But it's done. It's the same concept as stage two, but as you can see in our objectives here to begin it within a well-structured program. So in this stage, we're really, we're working on motor learning, but it's also a little bit more structured, a touch more advanced. Um, so this is where you start really as a parent 
if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know how to teach strength conditioning stuff, refer out to a coach like myself. Okay. This is uh, where that starts to come in is during this stage, there's a lot of growing that's going on. Uh, a lot of growth spurts and stuff like that, but there should be some supervision, supervision going on from a training standpoint to prevent injury and prevent bad habits. Number one thing in this stage is to build a foundation to set up for peak performance later on as they mature. Okay. This is not about, this is why I call it athletic foundation in our program is our goal is to build the biggest, widest foundation that we possibly can. There's a saying out there that says, um, how tall is a pyramid? It's kind of a trick question. The, the answer to the question is only as wide as its base. Okay, so if, if peak performance is the tip of a pyramid, it's only going to be as tall as how wide that base is. So that's the whole point of stage three here of learning to train is to start building those motor skills and physical literacy to build that foundation for performance. So as parents, as coaches, don't get wrapped up in weight on the bar or how much weight they're using or performance itself in this stage. They will get better through the process of training. That's not to say that we shouldn't be worried about them getting better. They're going to get better, but it's going to be getting better through the process of building these strong foundational habits and physical literacy. I'm not going to go through the details from a training standpoint. They're on this document, but speed development in this same thing. Okay. Agility, quickness, segmental speed in a multi-directional manner with movements lasting less than five seconds. Okay. This is hundred percent our athletic foundation goals are stage three, learning the training of our R strong program. All right, moving on to stage number four, this is training to train stage, building the engine chronological age of men, 12 to 16 females, 11 to 15. This is the objective is to develop endurance, strength, and speed to develop athletics, specific skills and fitness. Okay. Training to train. Okay. So you're training to train. It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around a little bit. This is where athletes start to move into our athletic performance stage of our R strong program is what we call athletic performance or typically athletes kind of in this window. Again, don't get wrapped up in the chronological age thing a little bit. So if you're athlete, your son or daughter or niece or nephew or whatever, just not even within our strong programming in general, just because they're 15, but if they haven't done anything ever before, say they during this learning to train stage, stage three, they haven't been developing any of that physical literacy. Doesn't mean, oh, I'm 15 now. I have to worry about how much I'm squatting. No, you need to worry about doing it right first. That's always number one is doing it right. So again, chronological age, general fits in this 12 to 16 for men, 11 to 15 range for stage four. But again, if their training age is zero, they're probably going to start back up at stage three. They need to. But if they progress through the stages properly, we're on stage four and the objectives are to develop endurance, strength, and speed. So just in those terms itself, you're now talking about performance. We're worried about really performing here. So here's the deal here. This is another window of speed development. So I'll read right off the form here. When peak height velocity occurs, the bone occurs, the bones grow first, sometimes rapidly, which puts increased stress on connective tissues. Flexibility, posture, and technique become very important. At this time of accelerated growth, 
These elements can be a compromise through a reduced range of motion, which can create abnormal movement patterns. Supervision and monitoring becomes critical as these changes occur. So during this age, athletes are just morphing into this new creature, right? It's, it's not funny to watch because we've all been through it, but it, it's interesting. And as a coach, coaches need to be able to uh, account for that and make sure they're still doing it properly. But speed development's another window here, 11 to 13 uh, for females, guys 13 to 16. Increased emphasis on anaerobic, alactic power and capacity training during this stage. So what's that mean? Anaerobic means fast explosive, essentially. Um, anaerobic means without oxygen. Alactic means basically you're not building up lactic acid. Um, you're below the lactic acid threshold. So essentially it's like, things that are done between zero or between one and uh, I don't know, 12 seconds. So like typical, like fast explosive sports, so a lot of strength training, sprints, stuff like that is considered anaerobic or anaerobic alactic power exercises. Um, formal weight training is introduced to develop general strength for girls um, and boys. Um, that's kind of this stage here. There's some other details that you can read, uh, but at this stage, again, as long as they progress through stage one, two, and three accordingly, and they're ready to start training, training, this is where we start building the engine. We're really focused on strength development. We're going to start tracking numbers, loading the bar appropriately, stuff like that. That's the lens of a strength coach. That's what we're trying to do here. And also to develop athletics, specific skills and fitness, um, conditioning, stuff like that is what that means. All right, moving into stage five. So this is 16 to 18 plus for men, 15 to 17. So this is probably late, late high school. So you're probably talking your junior, senior here, chronologically. Uh, objectives is to uh, develop event-specific areas for physical prep, um, integrate physical, mental, cognitive, emotional development, introduce event-specific protocols, identify strengths and weaknesses. This is when you start to specialize a little bit from strength conditioning a little bit. Okay, you, in theory, if you've been through the stages, you've built a really good foundation, you've started to build some strength. Now, at this point, we can start to tweak your program a little bit to attack specific things that you need to do to be the best athlete you can be. Here's what most parents want to do. They want to take their 13 or 11-year-old and take them clear to stage five. My 10-year-old's elite. They need this elite strength conditioning program to attack this, this, and this. No, they don't. Sorry, they don't. <laughs> They don't, they need go back to stage three. They need to learn how to just do a lunge without falling all over themselves first. Okay. That's, that's the process of this athletic development. Okay. And it's not to put an athlete down. That's, that's just natural. That's what everybody goes through. And some go through it quicker than others. Uh, but stage five is an athlete who has a really strong training foundation, strong movement patterns, um, some basic strength and speed development. Now they're ready to start getting a little bit more specific uh, to an extent. Uh, they can increase the number of sessions per week. Um, they're really good just practicing their sport. Um, you're optimizing your speed, your strength, your aerobic power and capacity um, specific to the sport at hand. So, you know, with our training, here's a good example. Like we're training, we got a junior or a senior who just, um, committed to a division one university to play basketball, a great athlete. Um, and he's in this, he's in this stage, he's stage five. He's done a good job training over his career. 
Um, he's done some really good things and he's got a pretty good base, but there's some things that he can't do that we go back to, you know, stage three or four on, on certain exercises that he struggles with. By the way, if you're watching this online, I apologize for keep scrolling. You might be getting dizzy on my sheet here. It's kind of what I do as I think. Um, but he's in this learning to compete stage. So he's challenging himself. He's learning how to really, number one, compete with himself, you know, how to push his limits. That's, that's where this stage is. And it's fun to get athletes to this stage, but it's even more rewarding to get them properly built into that stage through stage three and stage four. So with this as well, um, the thing here, the athlete is introduced to the concept of the performance Hanson team towards the end of the stage. That's where you really start to get in like nutritionists and stuff like that to try to be the absolute best possible athlete you can possibly be is at this stage. Now, again, you got to earn the right to get this stage. There's a lot of work that needs to be done and building those fundamental strength patterns and stuff to get to where the stage where you need this over-specialized, um, peak type performance training. All right, now we're going to stage six. This is where we're probably post, um, you know, stage five is learning to compete. Stage six is training to compete. Um, don't get too wrapped up in the names a little bit, but this is, uh, age is here is males 18 to 21 plus or minus females 17 to 21. Um, so this is probably maybe like high school, advanced high school athlete, or you're probably post- college type athlete this is where you are full-on sports so example my athlete i work with um, moving on to college sports this is where they're going to get into the performance enhancement team they have a strength conditioning staff that they're working with they got nutritionists they've got um, athletic trainers they got the whole round process covered for him. I'm not going to spend too much time on these. Let's let me round this out and wrap this up this podcast. Stage seven is learning to win. This is um, chronological age is 20 plus. Um, this is high performance results. So they're starting to get into like college Olympic type athletes. Stage eight is winning for a living. So this is professional athletes. And then stage nine is active for life. So this is Dealing with adversity. So this is our, our strong life program. That's stage nine is active for life. This is chronological age, men and females of any age. Okay. So this stage relates to when athletes have fully withdrawn from mainstream competitive sport. It is a critical stage to consider as high level performers adjust to life without the high level competitions that have provided a focus and structure for as much of their lives. This is our strong life program. Okay. So this is for, I, I try to say even our adults are athletes and most of everybody who does our programming have been athletes at some point. Um, it doesn't mean even mean you're, you're still competing in, you know, uh, marathons or anything, but you're just training for life. You know, you're training to deal with adversity. And that's one of the, my opinion, the strongest um, benefits to training is the ability to be, to deal with adversity, to deal with struggle, to build your body stronger, um, and that's what stage nine is. If you ever get to, hopefully everybody gets to stage nine and doesn't just quit when they're done with athletics, they're oh, I'm done now. No stage nine is your active for life to deal with adversity. All right, guys, that wraps up, um, this resource, long-term athletic development pretty well. If you have any questions, I'd love to address them. 
Um, if you have any questions on any of our training services, remember we have our athletic foundation program, which we talked about through this podcast, our athletic performance program, our strong life program. Those are all on site. Uh, and we just introduced new membership models that allows our members to get access. So what's our membership include? Let's break it down real quick. It gives you access to our programming, thought out, progress cycles. We do our programs are in six week blocks broken into two, three week cycles. So for six weeks, we'll be challenging ourselves and progressing accordingly on you know certain things. Um, and then I'll change up kind of the structure, some of the assistance stuff uh, every three weeks within that block. And then after six weeks, we'll switch it up again. And that's progressed. It's coached. It's all managed and done by me. All of our members have to do essentially is they show up and work, um, give their best effort. And we track their performance through our team builder app. So membership also includes, you get all the programming for adults that program you workouts um, on site for three or four days a week, plus a couple additional remote uh, workouts. And then our athletes have two to three days on the schedule a week right now, currently to train and to become coach, to, co to get coaching um, from me. So that's our membership. Again, includes the program, includes the coaching, includes access to our facility. Our members also get basically open hour access. So if I'm here at the facility, even if I'm working with, you know, some athletic group at that time and you're an adult, you can still come use the facility um, as long as you are not interfering with the training of the group at the time. So you have access to the strength shed, our temporary strength shed, as we built our uh, primary facility coming up soon. Also gives you access to our private Facebook group. We have um, a few different membership levels through that. We have some different price points. If you are interested in training with R-Strong, you need to go to rstrongperformance.com, go over to R-Strong Training, fill out the training interest form, once you do that, it'll give me some information. You will get an email with all of the details. You, you're not committing to anything. All you have to do is fill out the interest form. You get all the details of our service, the schedule, all of that. Then once you're ready from there, you can schedule a free trial. You fill out the interest form, you get a lot of information, and then you can schedule a free trial. You can come join a group. I call them team lifts. Come join a team lift and try it out. If you hate it, great. You got a good workout in, hopefully, in theory. I think you, everybody who's tried it so far has loved it. No one has left here and said, screw you, that sucked. Um, <laughs> come try it out. If you don't want to move forward from there, no harm done. Uh, we're glad you tried it. If you do enjoy it, we'll get you on one of our membership options and go from there. We also offer drop-ins. So if you don't want to commit to a membership option and you just want to do a workout every once in a while, come join us. Um, see the schedule. Let me know, uh, shoot me a message. Uh, you can always come get a workout in and we allow drop-ins for a, a very small $10 fee as well. So, all right, guys, that wraps up today's show. Hope your athletes are progressing. Get them stronger, get them. Let's build a physical culture of young athletes that are building towards beast athletes. Until next, guys, next time, guys, I butchered it. Stay strong.